0: The war for your worship. You see, what is the one thing that God desires most of all from you and you have the ability to freely give it or freely withhold it from God? The answer to that is our worship. Your worship. My worship unto Him. God desires our worship. I'm going to be talking to you this morning about worship. From the standpoint that we should be consumed, but at the same time, there is a war going on for our worship. There's a war going on, even if your soul belongs to Jesus, there's still a war going on for your worship to God. There's a war going on for your whole heart. You see, God desires our whole heart. He desires our affection, our energy, and our total adoration of him you see there's a there's a story about a it comes to us from the past about Henry Ward Beecher and every week people used to flock to hear pastor Beecher's messages and people would come to him but one week reverend Beecher decided he was going to take a week off i mean he'd worked hard and he was tired and so he decided he was going to take a week off so what he did was He had a guest speaker come in and speak for him. And so when the guest speaker stood up in front of this massive crowd of people that came to hear Pastor Beecher speak, what happened was is everyone went, oh, man, right in front of the guest speaker. Can you imagine how he felt? Gets up to preach and he says, everybody says in the whole, I mean, hundreds of people. Oh, man. You see, there was a sense of disappointment there because the main guy is not in the house. Wow, we do that sometimes, but look what happened. This guest speaker wisely stood up in front of the church, and he said, all right, everyone who is here today to worship Henry Ward Beecher, he said, you may now leave. He said, however, everyone who is here today to worship the Lord God Almighty, You may stay. And that's the way that story went. What is the one thing that God desires most of all from you and you have the ability to freely give it or withhold it? It's our worship. We have to understand that there is a war going on for your worship. There's a war going on for your heart. See, that's where our worship comes from. It comes from our heart. You see, this is evident. I mean, long before the world was ever founded, in Isaiah chapter 14, verse, verses 13 and 14, we see the war for our worship. It began when Lucifer, who was one of the three archangels, I mean, he was one of the top three, and Lucifer became jealous of the God, the wor- excuse me, the worship that God was receiving. He became jealous. And so Lucifer wanted a piece of the worship action. He wanted people, uh, excuse me, the heavenly host to worship him. And Lucifer used some words that kind of are like a common thread all all the way through this passage. And they were two words, I will. Look at Isaiah chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. Lucifer said... I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned at the Mount of Assembly. He goes on. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. That's where the battle started. Lucifer was jealous. God was getting all the glory. How many of you know that God deserves all the glory? God gets all the glory. And so Lucifer, in addition to the words, I will, he also used words, pardon me, like my and myself. And so he rose up against God. And I want you to notice the fundamental differences are some of the fundamental basic differences between Lucifer and Jesus. Lucifer says, I will. Jesus says, thy will. Lucifer says, I will. Jesus says, Father, you will, or your will. And see, Lucifer says, I want you, church, to worship me. Jesus says, I want you, church, to worship the Father. See the differences? And so there was this war going on. Lucifer, he wanted a piece of the worship for himself. And God says, no one else is worthy of worship but me. The result was, the scripture says, he was cast down to the earth. Satan weakened the nations. And now he's in the form of Satan who is still warring for your and my worship. You believe that this morning? He really is. He wants us. He wants you. He wants me to worship anything but God. See, he's gotten kicked out of heaven. So he's come to cause you problems now. Of course, you know we have authority over him. But instead of just wanting you completely to worship him now, he's satisfied if you'll just worship anything except the one who kicked him out of heaven, God. And that's the way he operates today. Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 says the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain. Remember this. This was when Jesus was, uh, went into the wilderness, led by the Holy Spirit. He was tempted. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He was tempted by Satan in three areas. And one of those areas, verse 8, says that the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, Satan said, if you will bow down and worship me. Wow, isn't it something that Satan had the guts to show Jesus all the splendor of the world, all the glory, all the fame and the fortune, all the status, all the power, everything. And listen, if you look at it in a worldly sense, there's a lot of power in the world. Not authority, but power. I mean, that drama even illustrated the power of how, as a believer in Christ, Satan wants to come and steal a little bit of your heart at a time. He's patient. But God's not only more patient, He's a whole lot bigger. Right? (laughs) So, He says, all this I will give you, but there's only one thing. Just one thing you have to do, and then you will have all of this power. I mean, you will rule the world. And I believe he was lying because he's the father of lies. But he said that one thing is, Jesus, it's this simple. Just fall down before me and worship me. Man. You know what Jesus said, right? Get out of here, you creep. <laughs> you know what? I, you, the world, everybody should worship Only one God, that's the Lord God Almighty, and that's the one we need to serve. And that's what he told Satan. And he used the word to overcome him. But it's the war for our worship. So the one thing that God desires the most from you and me, and it's the same one thing that we have the ability to give it freely to God, freely to God, or to withhold from God, is what? Our worship. Now, when I'm talking about worship, I'll I'll use some examples using corporate worship, but you know, worship is more than just coming to church. I think our worship was incredible this morning, worship team, and it's powerful. And you can see how it was so, so brilliantly orchestrated by the Holy Spirit this morning. He's incredible. But worship is our lifestyle. Worship is the way we live as well. Now... There's a question I want to ask you, and I'm going to answer it for you. So aren't, aren't you blessed today? You don't even have to answer that question today. I'm going to ask it and answer it at the same time. I'm, man, I'm tempted to pick up some of this money, but it's not mine, so I won't do it. <laughs> Just kidding. Here's a question. Why is your worship, why is my worship, our worship, so important to God? I'm going to give you two reasons this morning, all right? Here we go. Reason number one. Because you are a worshiper. I could put it another way. God created you and me to be worshipers. And then somebody could hear this message, might be someone here, I don't know, it may be someone on the internet or by CD or whatever, but somebody could hear this message message some way and say, well, you know, I'm not really a worshiper. My mom or my dad drug me to church and I'm here. But yes, yes, you are a worshiper. We're all created to be worshipers. No one is exempt from that and no one is held above or below that. God's no respecter of persons in that. We're all created to be worshipers. Everybody's a worshiper you were created to worship, but you will worship something, either the one true God or something else. We're worshiping machines. Do you hear me this morning? Now, I'm not trying to be crude when I say that, but we are worshiping machines. Why? Because we were designed and engineered and created and put into being by the creator of this universe to be worshipers of God. And so, if we don't worship God, we're going to worship something. Some things are someone besides God. We're all created to worship. Now, how do you know what you worship? Just in case you don't know what you worship, I'm going to tell you this morning. Is that all right? How do I know what I worship? How do we know? Well, you worship what you value the most. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will be your heart. But we worship what we value the most. Wherever you plant your time, that's what you worship. Wherever you plant your heart, that's what you worship. Wherever your affection drifts, that's what you worship. Wherever you spend your money, I'm not talking about you worship groceries and utility bills and stuff like that. But the things that, you're, that you want and wherever you plant your money in those things, those are the things that you worship. You know, the Bible says that some people worship created things. We do. We worship created things. And, and what's so weird about that, it's not that none of us are exempt from being you know, tempted to do that or struggling with that, but what's so weird about that is is I don't really want to worship anything that I'm capable of making because it's only as powerful as I am. And I don't see myself as, you know, yes, I'm good looking and sweet and all that, but I don't see myself, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, in light of... <laughs> Making sure y'all are still awake. In light of God's incredible existence, I don't see myself as much in my own eyes. Right? Because he's so big and and you don't see, you shouldn't see yourself. But sometimes we worship things that are created like a, a nice house or a nicer house. Well, the neighbor next door, they got that, you know, they got that makeover, went into debt to do it. But they got it, so man, I can't let them outdo me. I've got to have not only a nice house, but I've got to have a nicer house with nice new furniture. I know we just got our furniture and redecorated the whole house last year, but man, they did it six months ago, so I can't let them get six months to a year ahead of me. I've got to have nicer furniture. I've got to have a nicer car, nice leather seats, nicer stuff, toys, big boys' toys. People worship things like that. Created things. Some people worship hobbies. Some people worship people. People worship their kids. Oh, there's one for you. You know what? We're all created things. And we have to be careful that we don't worship created things, but we worship the one who created those things. He's known as the creator, right? Is anybody here this morning? Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 through 5 says, this is God speaking through Moses as He was giving the Ten Commandments, the law. He says, you shall have no other gods before me. Well, let me ask you this. We don't live under the Old Covenant anymore, so is this still applied to us? Absolutely. Jesus came and He fulfilled the law by living under the law for 33 and a half years. He established that. He established that principle. And we can do it through Jesus now in the, in the new covenant. But he said, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself idols. We shall have no other gods before us. Right? Anyway, he goes on to say, You shall not bow down to worship them. Or to them or worship them. Now watch this. He says, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. The Lord your God, he says, I am the Lord, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Now, listen, God's not a jealous God in that he's... He's sinfully jealous. You know, we think of jealousy as the green-eyed monster, right? He's not that way. It's just that when God created you and me, He created us to worship Him, and He created us to worship Him with a whole heart. That means with everything, with all of us. God didn't create a human being, even Adam and Eve, He didn't create them to give Him just a slice of the pie or most of their life, but He created Adam and Eve to live and endure with him forever in an incredible relationship, one-on-one, every single fiber of their being, spirit, soul, and body. That's the way he created them. And so even now when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we give him our whole heart because God didn't send half of Jesus down here to save half of me. God didn't send three quarters of Jesus. He didn't send a freak down here so that I could be just partially saved. But Jesus gave it, say this, all. All. Jesus gave it all so that when I give my life to Him and He comes and lives in me, that as my whole life is a total worship of all that I am to Him 24-7. Now to some people, you've heard that all your lives and you still hadn't received it. Some people have never heard that before and you're thinking, that's what I want. Let's be careful that we who have been around this thing for a long time, we've heard it so much that it just goes in one ear and out the other. You know what? It's still the truth. It's still the truth. We learned in our course last weekend that truth applies to everybody for all time in every situation. Truth, The truth of the word of God is not something that you use when it fits. It's not something you use when it's convenient. But truth applies to all people. You know, truth is no respecter of persons. It's not going to apply for you and it doesn't work for you because y'all have different situations. The truth is the truth. And I am fully dedicated. This church, this leadership is fully dedicated. Our teachers are fully dedicated to just simply teaching the truth. Teaching the truth. You know, that's really quite simple. But if you're going to teach the truth, you're already in a battle because Satan is the father of lies. And he can do anything he or he tries to do, excuse me, everything he can to keep the truth from coming out. But we're going to declare the truth. So listen to me carefully as I say this, because I need to move on. We don't determine how much of ourselves we give to God. God determines that. You know what? If we, can, if we can just get that in our little mind and let it roll around a little bit, that, that'll open up something for us. It was predetermined before I was in my mom's womb. It was predetermined before the world was founded that when we worship God, it's determined by Him how much of us we give to God, not us. Isn't that simple? And God says we're to worship Him with our whole heart. And God gave us rules... For worshiping because He created us to be worshipers. So, why is your worship so important to God? Number one, because you are a worshiper. You were created to worship. And number two, the Bible says we become like whatever we worship. Lie, truth, heresy. What do y'all think? We become like what we worship. Whatever we worship, we become like that. Let me prove it to you. Psalm 115, verses 4 and 8. But their idols are silver and gold, made by the hands of men. Those who make them will be, say it with me, like them, and so will all who trust in them. Wow. So what is the one thing that God desires most of all from you and me that we have the ability to freely give it or withhold it is our worship good.